Hi, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Today I am joined by Reese Wabara, and we talk about everything from his school background to learning the ropes of business to building resilience and about everything in between. We talk about what you should be if you want to be hired by Reese um, and what type of life you need to live to have a company his size. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, particularly if you're interested in being an entrepreneur and particularly if you're interested in building a big company to be able to see what it's really like. Enjoy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to have you here. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. I'm going to start with some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Go. Reading or podcasts? Reading. Time blocking or winging it? Time blocking. Airplane mode or notifications on? Notifications on. More or less than eight hours sleep? Less. Office or working from home? Office. Early bird or night owl? Both. Oh, that's a terrible Okay, no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, probably, that's probably have bags now, but it's all good. We move. Can, do you want to borrow some concealer? No, <laughs> okay, so I want to start with um, your story and how you got to where you are today. So you started MDV when you were playing professional football. Why did you start working on MDV? Um, there's a few things really. I mean, fashion was all, always my natural understanding. Uh, when I was 16 and turning up to training, and I remember actually it was 17 is when we transitioned into like the first team training ground, and I was wearing some stuff which I probably shouldn't have worn at the time because it's a bit flamboyant, but. I think people could tell I was dressed a little different or thought a little different. So that was my natural understanding. And uh, Lewis, who was the founder of Gymshark and my best friend since 12 years old, he was just started Gymshark at the time. So I think Gymshark may have been 18 months old. And he basically said to me, oh, you should just do something in fashion, you know, um, create some clothes. You have, you know, you have uh, resources with football in terms of, you know, people and Instagram was in the infancy then. So the reach was very vast and Promotion was cheap, so good timing in that aspect. And it was a case of just um, trying to find the products I wanted, which I didn't want to pay thousands of pounds for, and kind of putting them all in one retailer. So it was a case of kind of buying samples and just changing this, that, and the other on Photoshop, sending it to the supplier, getting samples, and um, yeah, just launching the product. So it was a bit of both. It was a, it was a case of natural understanding, a push from a friend, and and yeah, I just I had to do the rest, I guess. You said there about good timing how much do you think success is good timing versus other aspects i think it's definitely uh, important with uh, starting a business it runs out um after two or three years uh, and when you do something cool and it's the first you're definitely going to have copycats so then the market gets saturated so i think to get a head start is definitely important it's not just the idea it's the social sphere and uh, what can help drive that as well. So I think definitely, you know, there's very talented people and, and, and they've got their timing wrong and it seems like nothing works and then all of a sudden they, they catch their break and, and, and they boom. So um, I think it's important in the start, but after, after three, five years, you know, you've got to have skill to keep growing because um, anyone can have, um, you know, 12 months to 24 months of growth and then it starts to plateau. So I think um, it's important at the start, but it runs out. And I'm interested in, so I know that you, Lewis, Ben, number of other people went to the same school. Has your school ever got in touch and said like, how on earth have we produced this many like, it, like really fascinating and successful business leaders so early on? Yeah, honestly, I think when it's all said and done, there's got to be some form of documentary on it because we all so normal, the school is public. None of us were particularly intelligent. Um, 
me, Reese, and Lewis are very close. Ben, not so close. Um, but me, Reese, and Lewis from uh, I moved to that area when I was like thirteen, I think, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, um, we've all been really close until this day. And one thing we all share is exactly the same personalities in terms of no excuses, very resilient, obsessed with everything we do. And I think that's the you know the the, the course of success. And I think again that goes to show your friendship circle is imperative. If I hadn't played football. And, and those guys didn't see me earning a decent amount of money at 19 years old. Maybe Lewis wouldn't have been inspired to... He saw me having nice cars at 19, 20. Yeah. I want to have nice cars and then vice versa. If Lewis not, hadn't have done business, me and Reese may have not done business. Yeah. So, you know, your friends are your driving force. But yeah, that school is it's a pure fluke because, uh, like I said, it's just a, it's just a public basic school. And um, I think people may look at it and go, oh, they had some crazy education, but no, none of us are intelligent in, in, a, in a school format. And for people who don't know who might be listening, could you give a brief intro? So, so Lewis Morgan is one of the founders of Gymshark. Lewis, founder of Gymshark. Ben, founder of Gymshark. Reese, uh, founder of Able, um, which is an activewear brand growing extremely fast. Um, and those are the, the four, really, obviously, Gymshark has grown exponentially and I think it was the first unicorn in Britain um, and I can vouch for both of them I mean I remember when they were starting with a thousand pound each effectively and uh, at the time I said to them both if you need anything just let me know like yeah. money wise and they was like no you know we're just growing slowly and it goes to show that with just resilience and passion and understanding you can grow a business to crazy heights and um but i used to so at the time it was football mdv and, and the rap shop so i would go to training which i think at the time i was at doncaster mm-hmm. alone take me two hours to drive there then i'll drive to the rap shop check what's going on see the staff there then drive to the mdv office and then do that every single day looking back i didn't know how i did i was probably exhausted yeah. like at a different level but yeah after but on the topic of that i mean again going back to natural understanding mm. and passion i loved cars Probably wasn't the most savvy business move, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it was cool. Um, yeah, but also I'm, I'm sure like you had quite a comfortable situation with football, so it takes something extra as well for you to want to do the other things too, because, you know, you could have come home and lived like a very happy, like relaxed, obviously like affluent lifestyle. What kind of made you want to do more than that? Um, I think affluence relative, do you know what I mean? I appreciate definitely in, in the circumstance it was and the age I was, I was definitely yeah. blessed and lucky, but in, in the football terms, it was average. So, yeah. And that being average doesn't sit well with me. So um, I feel like uh, the, the passion comes from just wanting to be exceptional and not f- to prove anything to anyone but for myself. Um, the rap shop was never going to be exceptional, let's keep it real. But um, in fashion, I know obviously we're still growing. I think we can be. So. Yeah. It's just a, a drive from within of to be as best as a, best I possibly can be. Yeah, for sure. I always think that my um, background in music taught me everything I needed to know about kind of hard work and talent. You can have like all the talent in the world, but talent combined with hard work will beat you every day of the week. Did football teach you anything similar? And do you think hard work wins over talent? Uh, yeah, it does win over talent most of the time. Um, football taught me a lot of things, resiliency, because you get rejected constantly. You can either can create some a monster of determination or a monster of excuses, and it was this person's fault, this person's fault. And the first and second time, I would point fingers, and then after that, you you have to spot a trend, I guess, and, and look within. I think the the last few times was a, it was a, the the business it didn't help because it looked like my yeah, focus was split. Yeah. 
and I understand that now I'm older, but um, yeah, it definitely taught me resilience, determination, and um, um, and you just got to do whatever you is it takes to get where you want. And for me personally, if if I want to do something, I'll do whatever it takes. And I, and I think a, a truly determined uh, person who wants to be successful, they'll do whatever needs to be done to get there. To develop resilience, you kind of needed to. It wasn't just about going through things; it was also about actually understanding the need to take responsibility. Do you think that was something that kind of like hit you at one point or did you just start having to take responsibility, I guess, and be like, okay, this is happening rather than a chip on my shoulder, I'm actually gonna develop this into like a driving factor in what I'm gonna do next? Yeah, I think, as I said, I mean, it could be business relationships and one or two times you can just say, or circumstantial, but if it's three, four or five times and the pattern keeps emerging, you've you've gotta, at this point, spot the dots and connect the dots and say, maybe it's me. And also I think reading circa 22, 23 quite extensively, and most of those books and the self-help books all alluded to the same type of mentality of taking accountability. And I was like, okay, well, here's the dots to connect. I've read this, these people are successful. They also be accountable. And um, yeah, I mean, I probably take too much accountability now. For example, in a business, you have to hire people and you have to hold people accountable to do their job. But because I'm so ingrained to say, even if they do their job wrong, it's my fault because yeah. I'm the leader. But, but that's a founder's job, well, or the CEO's job especially. You know, it all, it all comes down to you. You get the wins. You also have to take the losses. Yeah, um, but sometimes I think, um, you know, if, you're, if, if someone's paid to do their job and you still make excuses and say it's your fault for not, them not doing their job. There has to be a middle ground, do you know what I mean? Like overall, you, you must hold yourself accountable. But if you're paying someone and this is your job role, you, they must do that too. I want to talk about uh, MDV a little and the kind of brand behind it and what it symbolises. So why was centering around design but at, at an accessible price point important to you as MDV's USP? Of course, kind of at the time you could access high fashion, you could you were, I guess, wearing that as a way of expressing yourself and as a way of kind of expressing your fashion sense. Why, yeah, why did you want to make that something that kind of changed the view of what luxury was? Um, because I was tight. Um, I didn't, I, I never could fathom the, the mentality of spending thousands of pounds of on cotton effectively. It's, the, the cost price is the same for most products, give or take like exotic levers, etc. So, and I also was a big admirer of Zara Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. How they kind of, you know, that's what they do. They was really the only people on the high street that I could identify men and women of all kind of ages and uh, demographics would go to. So I was kind of like, okay, how do I make something similar but in a more edgy manner for uh, a younger demographic at this point? And uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have high-end, edgy looks, but make it accessible to, to the to the masses. And there was no one doing that at the time. And even to this day, not really. Do you know what I mean? And I guess that's why we're still able to grow. And uh, because the the philosophy ingrained in myself and the team is they know what makes us different from everybody else. Yeah, and I guess that comes with challenges as well. How kind of hard is it to get fashion forward 
boundary pushing pieces taken up by the lower price point market. So, I mean, the way I see it, if there's something that's particularly boundary pushing and particularly de designed forward, it looks different if it's two grand versus, you know, 50 quid or like whatever it might be. Um, yeah, how, how difficult is that uptake? Um, I think it's, it's, it's every year I find myself understanding what makes a high, uh, high level designer product high quality and it's not necessarily a change in fabric, it's the execution. And it, I guess that same mentality applies in life. It's not the idea, it's the execution. So it's literally the person who's creating that product have they took attention to detail on every aspect and do they understand what a high quality garment uh, kind of entails? Um, but it is difficult and again, it's every year. Uh, we, we plan six, seven months in advance and by the time it comes online, I'm like, I know I could have done this, this and this better. I think you have to immerse yourself in, in high quality, which is difficult if you can't afford to buy expensive clothes um, and you really want to get into a, a clothing business. You've got to live and breathe it and that could just be going to the shops, touch and feel and trying it on. Um, and just thinking, okay, like I said, spotting and connecting the dots. Well, I always think the the entrepreneurs and especially founder CEOs that one of their real strengths is always attention to detail. I find. Do you think that is kind of a key, key, key thing you have to have as an entrepreneur? Yeah, but you also have to have equally as good as seeing the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can get too caught up in the small details and miss miss what the whole aim is. So it's a fine fine art, to be honest. By as far as products concerned, taking attention to detail and everything, but then not getting too caught up on one product that you miss. Okay, I'm missing missing the point of the business here. Yeah. So it's definitely super important. But I think uh, you find that with a lot of creative people, they get so obsessed with a certain idea that they miss the point in the end. What makes you hire someone into your team? I can see in people's eyes when they when they will do whatever it takes to to be successful um, and succeed in in their craft and. Uh, you can ask certain people certain questions and the answers they give you will kind of reveal all. If, some, if I ask people what do you want to be in five years and um, if someone just says like one role above what they want to be, they're probably not ambitious enough, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You need kind of people who are big thinkers and would do whatever it takes and character is a, is a big one and uh, just honest people, do you know, like I think for a business to succeed and the standards to maintain, you've got to everybody has to be comfortable having difficult conversations with one another not difficult in a sense of screaming shouting calling people bad names but saying this isn't good enough uh, we need to improve you can do better and vice versa to me i expect if i don't do my job as staff to say come together and say reese in a respectful manner we don't think you're heading in the right path and i think as long as people cannot get defensive take that on board and understand that everybody is on the same vision the same path that's how businesses grow i think how do you make sure that there's a balance between the kind of ambition and commitment and also making sure that they're you know not running themselves into the ground and therefore making mistakes quicker or getting burnt out and all of that yeah good question it's, it's a difficult balance um i think i think if you're obsessed it doesn't feel like work anywhere it, it's just a natural natural calling i think uh, you feel more burnt out when you're applying yourself to areas which you don't have a natural passion to it feels like work then do you know what i mean so i think Going back to what I said, the most important thing is hiring people who are really obsessed with what they do. Because when times get tougher than they always do, you can pull through it. To keep going and keep pushing, you've got to have some burning desire, which is bigger than you, bigger than money, bigger than family. It's almost like a, a purpose of a, a greater good. And I don't know what that greater good is in fashion, but yeah. I think it's just, um, I guess it's just the, the desire to be great. Yeah. And, and with that, how quickly do you think that people should hire at the beginning of their business's journey? 
It depends how fast your business is growing. The most important thing as a founder is to understand every role. Uh, I've had conversations with many people and, and they say actually, you know, you should hire people to do what you're not good at. And that's true, but you still must be good at it. And then you find people who are great at it. There's a difference, you know what I mean? Because if you aren't good at it and you, you find it an area of business which you don't quite understand or you find it tricky or tedious, you'll hire someone and they'll eventually be able to pull the wool over your eyes because they'll be explaining stuff to you which you'll have no idea you don't know how long things take you don't know uh, how intricate things are and, and on the contrary if they are if it is tedious and you don't understand how tedious it is and someone's saying this is really difficult you may not value that person's time you may say why is it not done faster when it does take a long time so understand each role be good at it then hire people who are great at it. the aspect is is that you have to be on the ground floor you have to be there with your staff, you have to understand what they do. And again, to truly empathise with what, how hard they work, you have to understand what they do. And again, just a natural curiosity, I think as a business, is you, you can't have one thing good and three things crap. You've got to have everything moving in, in sync. So it's important to, to understand all those moving parts and then slot people in where, where necessary. Yeah, 100%. So obviously you are a big fan of reading. When did that begin? Yeah, like 22, 23, probably when I started the business. How come? Was it just a hobby? Was it something you thought that you needed to be doing? I think I've, I may have been watching like YouTube and I think I heard people referencing Rich Dad Poor Dad quite a lot. And I was like, okay, I keep hearing this book mentioned. Maybe I should read it. And then I think once you read a good book, you become obsessed and you want to find more good books because once you're hooked and you're learning and you can take it in and action it, it's uh, quite a, a nice cycle to be in. So, And for people wanting to kind of integrate that idea of self-learning into their everyday, what would you recommend they start doing? Understand your learning, uh, what, what you learn best from. Um, I learn visually um, and, and kind of reading and going into my head. And some people learn by listening. So understand that, then find those assets in that channel. Uh, don't just read or listen because people seem to be doing that. Do it because you want to do that and listen to the people that really make you tick because reading is difficult sometimes, you know. When you've got a complex book, it's like almost a task to get through it. But when you've got a good book, you don't want to put the thing down. So um, just test and learn, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um, we hear every day about kind of CEOs who wake up at 4am and read three books a week. Do you think that type of routine um, is essential for building, say, an £100 million business like yours? Or No, I think that's for Instagram. You know, yeah. you see those Instagram pages which have all of the quotes and whatnot. Mm. I think they just sell dreams, to be honest, or try and create it a vision of a lifestyle and overcomplicate things and waking up at four and reading three is not for everyone at all nor is it healthy to be honest i think reading is definitely important i think all um good leaders are readers for sure but you have to fit it around your lifestyle don't be don't just think i need to read i'm going to be successful it doesn't work like that hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. And how do you, I know, I know obviously you do read a lot and as, you, as you've said, like you, you don't sleep probably as much as you should. How, how do you then combat, I guess, this idea of like 
this crazy working, no sleeping um, CEO and create a more realistic view for people who follow you or for people who kind of look up to you? It depends what you want to be. I mean, I, I definitely believe you can work eight hours a day and be successful as long as you use those eight hours in, in subjects that really move the needle. Um, but if you want to create a business which is 50 mil, 100 mil a year, of course you're going to have to work extremely hard. And, and also, that's not for everybody. You've got to take certain sacrifices which people may not be prepared to do. So I think you can be successful. You can have a comfortable lifestyle by working eight hours a day. And I think, again, going back to Instagram, there's this facade of like, oh, everybody wants to own a business which is turning over multi-millions of pounds a year. But even myself, I mean, like I said, I love what I do in fashion. But when you get to a certain point, the enjoyment factor does decrease naturally because you have more responsibility. You have more pressure because when you're growing that fast, if the growth slows, the staff are going to be looking at me thinking, he's, he's, he's done, do you know what I mean? He's, he's not got left, nothing left in the tank. And that's a pressure that people don't understand. And you also, you're playing against yourself. Like when every year now, I'm betting against, well, I'm playing against me. So I think the best thing to do is, you know, only play against yourself. Understand what you want to achieve. Um, do you want to have a huge business or do you want to have a comfortable lifestyle? If you want a huge business, yeah, sacrifices are huge. Work rate's crazy. But if you want to be successful, understand what moves the needle and focus on that. I think a lot more we need to be looking at what success is to ourselves rather than what success looks like on the outside. Yeah, especially as, famous, as far as fame is concerned. I, mm. I definitely don't want to be famous. I appreciate it. I may be well known in certain circumstances, but mm. I definitely would never want to be famous. I think a lot of people who say they want to be famous, when they are, become famous and it's intoxicating. You can't do this, you can't go there, you can't do wild, crazy stuff. People say they want to be rich, but then you've got all the people asking for favours, asking for handouts. So that's the thing people forget. And you're absolutely right with what success looks like for you, because success can be just having a happy family and living, waking up every, every morning with people you love and being happy and comfortable. For some people, that would never be enough. Again, people have to look in the mirror and ask themselves, what do I truly want without any kind of Instagram pull, any social pull? Ask yourself what makes, makes you tick and, and just go for that. Forget about everybody else. Has your idea of success and kind of what you want from it changed as, you know, the business has grown and everything? No, no, never. I've always, um, I've always liked nice things because I like mm. design and taste, etc. But I also know that those things mean absolutely nothing. If I don't have them, I don't care at all. My vision of success is building a business with people you love, mm. staff you love, seeing them grow, seeing them uh, achieve their dreams. The smile on their faces is, is, it makes my day more than anything. I mean, my finance director will have meetings and he'll probably laugh when he hear this and he'll be like, Reese, we were doing this, this is this, this, and here. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. that doesn't really, as much as that's my job, it doesn't really get me excited. And vice versa, we're having a bad month. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we'll just do our best, strategize properly and effectively. And, and we, we, we land where we land, do you know what I mean? And, uh, my joy definitely comes through other people, my family, uh, seeing my close friends win. Um, and ultimately, obviously, the, I don't know if this is for everyone, but for me, having a family that you love and loves you, that's ultimately the, the key. Um, I mean, money to a point, everybody should be want to be comfortable, but there's excess, do you know what I mean? And people can get caught up in that excess and not knowing when to stop. And you're constantly upgrading your lifestyle, you're constantly having a new car, new house, new better holidays. and it becomes empty in the end. Well, I know you kind of used to say, like, when it gets to 30 mil, you're off. 
How, how, how has that changed and why has that changed? You, you know why I said that? Because I thought that to get to 20 mil from when we was at five mil, for argument's yeah. sake, I thought things would internally change. Like it would be way more corporate. I'd have to have way more staff. And again, going from reading and just experience, I realised you, you just need better. You don't need more. You need more really, really clever minds to come up with ideas and execute those ideas. So you just need to have better ideas and back those better ideas more. And, and be clever with what you do. So, so would you say that MDB's growth has been less about kind of like pushing scaling in terms of like will you know will hire X amount more people and that will enhance our capacity by this much, and more about just leaning in more to the existing things you've been doing? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a myth. You know, people say we're we're growing, so we're hiring. Again, of course, naturally we have to hire some people, but mm. it's more about analysing your data, understanding your customer and serving them better, doubling down on what works and eradicating what doesn't. I think uh, people going back to social, it's all, it's all influenced by social. Everyone gets caught up in the top line numbers, the growth figures. And again, it may seem hypocritical here because my growth and figures are good, but the bottom line moves faster than those top line figures. And that's testament to really understanding your customer and serving them better. So... There's a business, you can have a business which turnover one mil and makes 500k profit, and you can have a business which turnover 10 mil and makes the same profit. I know which one I would choose, the smaller one. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, what do they say? Revenues, vanity, and profit, sanity. And in order to be profitable, you have to have good margins and, so, and make people pay full price. And that comes from strategy and understanding who you're serving. For some practical tips for people trying to build their brand socials, what would you recommend? Similar to what I just mentioned, understanding to who you're trying to serve. Um, I think it's good to start as a niche because then you can really, really be intensely focused on a small group and serve them and then slowly expand if necessary. You know, I think that people always have this false perception that a niche is small. With the amount of people in any niche, it, I mean, there'll be an exception <laughs> when you get smaller and smaller and smaller, but actually the majority of niches are huge yeah huge enough to have a 25 million worth of revenue from can you be a billionaire company with a niche probably not yeah and on the contrary mdv is, is quite broad in its customer base so it also becomes very difficult to market if we've got menswear street style and women's wear classy where how do you put that on a social media and make it cohesive it's notoriously difficult how do you do a photo shoot or campaign and kind of capture both customer sets within one campaign, very difficult. And that's a, it's a challenge that we find, and our menswear customer and women's wear customer are very different. Not, if it was, if I was just looking uh, objectively, I would make them cohesive, but as, a, as far as a business is concerned, the menswear kind of street style is what people are looking for. So why would I try and compete with people who have got more money, broad appeal, more well-known, I have to serve my niche in women's wear, Fortunately, I can serve all of them. I can serve classy wear, dressy wear, street style, and we can be different in all of those aspects. So Anisha is a great way to start. I want to talk about the hustle a bit. Um, firstly, what does kind of hustling mean to yeah, you? Yeah, as I said, I think if you do, if you are CEO of a £50 million company, you're going to have to hustle hard. But that's what population 0.1. 2% of the population, so it's such a minority. Uh, but And that's not for everyone, as I said. So for the majority of people, this hustle doesn't even need to take place. You, If you've got a nine-to-five job, understand what moves are needed and, and be effective in those. And, and then have your evenings free, have your weekends free. Um, there's a lot of people who actually like to appear to work hard just to say they're working hard, but they're not really doing anything. Sometimes I even think to myself, like, I know that takes two hours. Why is it take, taking you all day? Do you know what I mean? 
No, I do think that, and I think people like to appear busy. But it's rewarded, and it's what also it's not just rewarded now; it's expected. If you're like, there's no glory, it seems, in someone who works one hour to achieve something, even though that's more productive. That's like that's far more effective. That's far more productive. It's far more efficient. It's not rewarded in terms of like the what you see online. Like it's always rewarded to have like grind, like that grind and that constant hard work and all of that is on mass a lot more. Yeah, rewarded in that sense. Yeah, again, to who I think in in the social world, yeah, people go, oh, she or he's hard worker, hard worker. I respect their hustle, blah de blah de blah. But to someone who is efficient, they'll probably say, why are you working so hard? You could do that in half the time. Do you know what I mean? So if you work with people who are successful, genuinely and, and efficient, I guarantee they'll be the first person people to say, be more efficient, stop wasting your time. Hard work is a necessity. That's bottom line, but. Um, smart work is much more important. If you can work smart and you can work hard, you're gonna move mountains, and that's the truth. I'd love to know what you would tell the you that had just started MDV that you kind of wish you knew, or that you think would help you along the way. So I would have done a lot of things differently, but I think in order to get to this position, you have to make all of the errors along the way. So. Even if I told myself when I was younger, I wouldn't understand what I'm saying to myself. And I think that goes back to when you have an older person, or not necessarily older, a more experienced person tell a, a less experienced person what they should be doing. They may take it in, they may try and listen, but you won't fully understand until you've connected all the dots on the way up. So, for example, I used to think um, you'd have to create really, really innovative, crazy products to to move the needle and it gets people attention but those things don't sell mm. so I used to spend so long in fit sessions and um, coming up with ideas and then when you look at the sales data specifically for menswear I guess men are simple by nature typically in terms of how they dress etc men want simple stuff they don't want exuberant there's obviously a minority that does but then I then transfer that into women women are way more tasteful in my opinion way more um, uh, they they dress up dress better typically they they take more experiments so transferring that kind of um, design philosophy into women's wear then you get the rewards so I guess it's, it, it's going back to what I said just understanding where your hard work yields the results because you can work simultaneously hard in two different fields let's say for example uh, what's a what's a growing sustainability is a growing field now um, and there's brands like Vaja. Uh, even Pangea, these brands are growing super fast. But 10 years ago, if they come in with the same trainer or with the same tracksuit, they're not. So time and again, and then understanding where that kind of slipstream of success comes from and just focusing your efforts on that. So I don't think there's anything you can tell your younger self. You have to go through it. You have to yeah. go through it. I think one thing I would always, in yeah, kind of not even necessarily encourage, but you need to acknowledge that there needs to be a commitment to learning from those things because you can be hit with the same thing over and over again. And you need to be able to start actually, you know, as you said at the beginning, taking that responsibility in order to learn. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, keep on getting hit with the same thing. Um, and you can learn faster that way. But I guess for you, then it's about working out what working smart is for you in your industry, in what you're doing at any one time. Yeah, like kind of kind of like having an outer body experience, like analyzing what you're doing and why you're doing and asking yourself key questions all the time. I always question myself. Mm. It may even seem sometimes to, to people I work with, like I change my mind a lot, but it's not a change of mind for indecisiveness. It's just that I've prompted myself with another question, which is oppose my initial theory. And that's how I, I continuously learn because I may believe something today and tomorrow I might think I got it wrong. And I can openly hold my hands up and say, 
yeah, I, I missed a I missed a variable which made me have a, a, a wrong perspective. Do you know what I mean? So, I think people must question everything they're doing when they wake up to the when they fall asleep. Why are you doing this? Are you getting results from it, or are you doing it just because it's what you, it's, the world says you should be doing? Um, can I make it more efficient? Uh, there's so many questions you ask yourself, and that's probably one of my strengths with people within work. I always question them, not in a trying to prove them wrong aspect. I'm like, why do you think this? Or And sometimes people like trip up and go, um, 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 and I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm asking them, how did they get to that end opinion? What variables did they put in their mind to, to come out with that? And then sometimes on the other side, people go, oh yeah, I missed that variable. Or they say something to me and I'm like, I missed that variable. So I'm learning from them simultaneously. Do you know what I mean? So it's all about the questions you ask and the principles you follow and, and, and um, trying to always come to the best decision. And sometimes that's why it's good to have a, senior team of open-minded also from a different perspective different backgrounds someone might someone might be not love fashion someone might love fashion some may be younger than us some may be older than us and then you come together and everyone's got an open mind everyone's trying to come to the best answer and uh, I'll always miss variables and they will always miss variables and that's what a good team does they fill in the gaps so you've obviously been incredibly successful um, in a number of things I want to get to a bit of the kind of reality behind it so I guess, you know, things like, do, do you remember the hardest day at work you've ever had? It's, every week becomes the hardest <laughs> day at work. It's funny, actually, because I remember I remember having, this, this girl's no longer with us, but, um, I say no longer with us, no longer at the company. <laughs> she remembers, I remember her saying to me, this was when the company was baby, like two years yeah. old, she was like, do you know when it gets bigger, will I have to work this hard? And I was like, maybe not, you like, you can hire yeah. people. And that's a myth. I think the bigger you get, the harder you work. And if you don't, the business will fail. Every every week gets harder. Um, but I think stress is like a muscle. The more you train a muscle, the stronger it gets and you can lift heavy weights. And I think stress is like that. You don't feel the same stress. I think sometimes people may look and go, oh, I could deal with that or I want to be that person. Live a day in their life and you probably think, hell no. They'll blow their mind. They'll be so stressed. Uh, but to that person who's living that life, it's just normality, so they don't feel the stress, do you know what mm. I mean? But it's, I mean, it's a key part of entrepreneurship is the amount of responsibility that lays on you um, as a, well, not even just entrepreneurship, but as a CEO or as a founder or as anyone who has hired people. It comes, you know, it's an extra layer on the stress that with every stress, it's not just you that gets affected. It's also a huge amount of other people. It's your future, it's their future, it's their you know, past reputation, like all of this. And I feel like no matter the problems, no matter the scale of them, that's, you know, that's something that's always prevailing when you do have a business or when you do are self-employed or whatever it might be. Even as a high level employee, you know, if you've got a team underneath you, the pressure is mm. real, the pressure comes from above, the pressure Absolutely. comes from yourself. And what, what generally gets you through the shit when it, when it hits the fan? I, I don't see it as hits the fan. I see, okay, opportunity to learn. Do you know what I mean? Maybe when I was younger, but like I said, when you've been released or you lose games or you fail in football for argument's sake or in business every year, there's something that goes wrong. It's just normality and I wait for it. Not in a, not in a, a negative state of mind, but I always say when things are going too well, what's around the corner? And that's for me great because it shows a new chapter which can, chapter can, that can boom. Um, 
But there's always, there's always, it's part of business, you know what I mean? And part of life, forget business, mm. is part of life. Obviously, um, you are living the dream in many ways, but I'm sure there have, and I know there have been sacrifices behind the scenes um, in general too. What sacrifices have you made? Uh, I don't see my family half as much as I should. Um, that's definitely a sacrifice. I think um, even my friends, uh, I'm alone most of the time, not in, by, by choice, to be honest, because I think, you know, it's a lot dealing with a lot of people every week. So on the weekend, sometimes I just like to be alone and take it easy. Um, I think, again, 20 is like, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult period because it's the age where you want to have the most fun and you've got your youth on your side, but it's also the years where you have to kind of set up the rest of your life. So in my aspect, I think I've had a nice balance, um, but I don't go clubbing. Um, I don't go for drinks or, you know, go to the pub like most people. And I don't know if that's by choice or by habit in the sense of I'm so used to being alone that being around people makes me feel like energy sapping. But I see it as, okay, sacrifice most of my 20s in that aspect. And from 30 onwards, I'd never have to think about money and have all the time. And that's what I think of money as, like money biased freedom. Every year I put in now, maybe 10 on the other side, do you know what I mean? Or uh, 10 years of freedom effectively. So it's more price to pay in the grand scheme of things. What habits would you say have been the most important to contribute to your success? Uh, the habit of self-analysis, of constantly like understanding why I do what I do and how to improve it. Um, consistency of doing those things on the set days, even when I'm on holiday. Um, my friends will, will vouch like I'll be the first person up on the laptop. And of course, mm -hmm. on holidays, you can't be working all the time, but I make sure I can kind of still keep myself in the routine of, okay, when I go back home, I can slot straight back in, do you know what I mean? Do you think that's, is that kind of a good balance? Do you ever think that that's kind of too much, that you should step away from that a bit to improve your work? No, because I, as I said, it's it's natural to me, it doesn't feel yeah, like what's work. what's worked for yeah, you. Yeah, if it doesn't feel like work, and that's a, the best advice I can give everyone, is like, do something that doesn't feel like work, and you're being paid for it, win-win, do you know what I mean? And there's growth, that's, that's an amazing thing. No amount of money can substitute enjoyment and waking up every day with uh, enthusiasm. Um, before we move on in those kind of questions, I'm just going to do a few hardly working quick fire questions. Number one, Netflix or a walk? Netflix. <laughs> Number two, after work, a cup of tea or a glass of wine? Neither. Okay. <laughs> no liquids for Reese. Um, letting off steam, a workout or a night out? Neither. <laughs> I'll, I'll go work. I'll go work out because I've started, to, I've started going to the gym now. So I'll, um, yeah. Are you good at taking time off? No. Do you want to get better? No. If I want to, I will. I don't feel like I need to take time off. I don't feel like I, I don't ever feel burnt out. And, and within that, I guess, like what does, what does self-care then look like for you? I think what you eat, what you intake, working out, uh, reading, brain stimulation. So do you think it's then important for you to have that kind of like holistic view of what makes your body run better? Yeah, even, you know, I'm not a TV watcher, but if I do watch shows, they'll always be teaching me something. They'll always be making me think. Um, and uh, my mind's always working. Or th uh, and and I, that's a, the, the pure essence of hum humanity and evolution. Well, then I guess with that, um, you know, when you were talking about commitment and ambition and all of that to the workplace, do you then think that, because I, I think there is space for people who don't necessarily have a dream to be super ambitious or to be working all the time and all of that. And often those people can be incredibly consistent in what they're doing without necessarily having it as like one big goal to be CEO or to be head of department or whatever. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and every business and all in the world needs those people. The bare minimum is absolutely fine. If, like I said, if you work a nine to five and even if you work half the day and you get what you need to get done, done, no problem. Absolutely amazing. So when I was Googling the variety of kind of hustle porn type quotes, I found this one. I'm going to read it out to you. Don't hustle yourself into an early grave. Work hard, but rest harder. Take time to laugh with friends and family. Express gratitude for the things you have in this moment while you work to achieve more. What do you think? I think you can stress yourself into an early grave, not necessarily work. Um, stress is absolutely key management. Um, if, you, if you sense yourself getting stressed, fall back. As I said, friends, family, the loved ones, that should energise anybody, so it's definitely important to to be around that. And every time I do is go around my friends and family, I feel better. So I should do it more often, to be fair. And yeah, take time off to re-energise, of course, if you feel like you need it, always do it. I guess within that, what are a few things that you'd like to work on over the next year or so in terms of rest, balance, working, all of that? As I said, then I think I should spend more time with the people I love. Um, I can, I definitely can. I guess from my perspective, it's like, when I've been in the office all week and people constantly asking me questions or calling me. Yeah, you need that time. Yeah, I need that time to re- uh, re-energise. Like, sometimes I sit in silence, and this sounds crazy to most people. I sit in silence for a whole day. and I just, But by the end of the day, I feel like I'm back to life. No, fair enough. And, and, and to finish off, for anyone who wanted to you know, replicate your success in terms of level, in terms of what you've done, and who kind of have that as their... Um, their dream or who look up to you specifically, what what words would you give them to live by? Understand the sacrifices, be self-aware, live and breathe the industry and aim to be the best. If you are truly ambitious, you shouldn't set your targets too low. You've got to set them so big and then you, you make a strategy to get to there. I think that's the biggest um, mistake everybody makes who's ambitious. They probably think too small, myself included at times, as much as I think I tweeted about 2000 and 15 by 30 I'll be worth 100 million and um, I had a a call with uh, my advisors the other day and they said to me you need to rethink your goal again uh, because that's practically there now and they said it to me and I was like it's so true do you know what I mean like what do I think of next what is the goal because it can't be money if you've got monetary targets use it to to force yourself to be excellent Mm. but don't think you're going to be happy from it Um, you may be able to buy a few more things but as I said, that that will be empty once you've had it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Might turn it into a quote. <laughs> One of those things with lines in the background. That's true. Um, no, well, thank you so much for coming on today. It has been great to listen to your wisdom and um, your story. And I know that lots of people will learn a lot from it. Cool. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Working Hard, Hardly Working. I have been Grace Beverly and you can find me at Grace Beverly, L-E-Y, remember that one, on Instagram and on LinkedIn if you are that way inclined. Please, after listening to this episode, it really, really helps if you can leave a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the best way to help out a podcast at the moment. But please like the episode, subscribe, share it, tag me, tag your friends do whatever you want to do, but spread the word and let me know what you'd like to see next on any of my social platforms. Just get in touch. I'd love to talk about some more interesting things. So shoot your suggestions my way and I will see you next time. 